following production is brought to you by Derek Lamont Enterprises, a subsidiary of LVM Entertainment, exclusively licensed for use on Patreon.com. Enjoy the show. This week's episodes are sponsored by Unscripted Roasters, a black, veteran, and woman-owned coffee bean roasting company. For more information, please go to Instagram.com slash Unscripted Barista. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to The Week in Gaming. Of course, my name is Derek. This is Patreon.com slash Derek Lamont Experience, or you could be listening to this on the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network. Uh, tell your friends and family to subscribe, patreon.com slash the Derek Lamont Experience for exclusive audio content in the world of gaming, uh, sports, pop culture, music, film, things like that. Um, also tell them to tune into Retro Boys Pod. Uh, I went through and actually cleared most of the stuff off of the, um, excuse me, off of the server. We're going to start fresh, some new ideas, I'm going to do some new things. I'm bringing in some good, really good friends of mine. Guys are actually like brothers to me, so... I'm happy that they've decided to come along for the journey, that being Anthony and James and KG more than likely as well. Love you boys. I can't wait to get to work. This is going to be so fucking cool. Anyway, I want to start off this episode with some good news on my behalf. I'm really fucking happy about this, guys. I know I've talked about it before, and some of you listening, you're like, oh, it sucks what's going on with your PlayStation 5. So here's the thing. PS5 is working perfectly fine. Um, Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy remastered launches and that game had a ton of issues and it didn't brick my console, but the game kept crashing. So then everybody's like, no, it's not your PlayStation. Everybody's online. Like this is fucking unacceptable. And they're like, it's not your PlayStation five. It's the game. So then they patched the game. The game still crashes. I was like, okay, so they didn't really fix it the way they said they did go in to play other games. They crash. Not just select games, every single game crashed. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is insane. Now, keep in mind, the PlayStation 5 came out November 12, 2020. It has a year warranty. Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Remastered came out November 11, 2021. So what does that tell you? With the year warranty, the day after that game released, my PlayStation 5 was out of factory warranty. And Sony would no longer cover the cost of the repair. So once I tried everything, they have this this troubleshooting menu. It's like, try everything, and if it doesn't work, then you need to contact Sony and send your PlayStation back. So I reinstalled the database. I'm sorry, rebuilt the database, updated the software, restored the factory settings. I tried everything, and nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, will work for me, you guys. I'm not freaking kidding. I was pissed off. So I was like, okay, well, time to contact Sony to get this thing repaired. Go on the website. They ask you for your serial number, put in your serial number. It's like, yep, your console's out of warranty. Now, at this point, when I went on the website, they didn't give you any pricing information. They just said, enter your card number. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I'm Googling all over the internet, and nobody has any information on a price to pay for this thing. This game looks really fucking cool. Uh, I'm going to talk about the game later, and I actually was not going to play this game, but this actually looks really fucking good. I'm not going to lie. So anyway... um. I'm looking on Reddit threads and everything, can't find any information about the price of repairing the PlayStation. So then finally, Sifu comes out, I pre-ordered that, Horizon Forbidden West comes out, pre-ordered that, playing those on my PS4 Pro, because I know if I try them on my PlayStation 5, it's going to be kaput, dunzo, and I'm just like, this sucks, and... I compare it to the Spongebob meme. The meme where Squidward is like upstairs and then Spongebob and Patrick are out in the streets running, having fun. That's me because I'm playing on my PS4 Pro, but everybody else is playing on their PS5. And shout out to the brother Ice from the Joe Button podcast. 
ice black twitter legend um he would randomly tweet and be like it's been x amount of days since the ps5 has released and y'all still playing on the ps4 and he's like you fucking bums and shit like that ice is just fucking with people and i'm not gonna lie when i fell into this situation i was like fuck i'm one of those bums ice is talking about not exactly because i have a ps5 it just ain't working right so i'm pissed now remember I love Uncharted. The Legacy of Thieves collection is now out on PS5. I've actually had that as well. I'm just like, man, this fucking sucks. Gran Turismo 7 is coming. Everything is fucking coming. And I don't want to play it on the PS4 Pro, even though my PS4 Pro is in great condition. And the games still look really good. But it's like, this looks good on my PS4 Pro, but it would look a lot fucking better on my PS5 if you catch my trip. So anyway... I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to start going through the internet again. I'm going to find something. I'm going to get some information. This has got to be fixed. So I'm Googling what's the cost. And there's somebody's like, it's 250 bucks. And I was like, that is fucking insane. There's no way. So then I go back to the Sony website. Now it doesn't ask for your card information. You put your serial number, put in that stuff. It tells you it's out of warranty. And it says it's based on the edition. If you have the digital edition PS5, it's 199 If you have the disk drive, which I have... It's $229 plus tax. So I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This is insane. So then I get on Reddit and I find this post. PSA, Sony is still honoring the PS5 warranty. The post goes on to say, I bought my PS5 14 months ago in the US, so the warranty has been expired for two months. My PS5 opened up in safe mode one day and failed to download the software update from the USB drive. Long story short, I figured out it needs to be sent in for a repair. Here's the catch. When you start a repair claim on their website, it sells your P it's, will say your PS5 is out of warranty, correct, and charges you $250. Now, I guess it's $250 based on where he is in the continental United States. I don't know. It told me $229. He puts in all caps, don't pay that. Instead, call them directly and explain the issue, and they will tell you that they have a grace period and still honoring the warranty. They are sending out a box to me right now, and the customer service representative explained that it will be completely free of charge. So, I'm going to stop right there. So, I go to the contact us information. It says, call us. Open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time. This has got to be... It's about 8 o'clock. Or it may have been 7 but I looked at the time and I didn't really trip off the fact that it said Pacific time. So I'm like, they're closed. There's no point to call them. I'll call them in the morning. They could have still been open. It was around anywhere from seven to eight, maybe even nine. So it was a situation, you know, where it's like, it may not work. So I was like, it's okay. Actually, you know what? They were closed at the time. They were closed or maybe they weren't. I don't know. I, everything is a blur right now, just to be completely honest. So I'm like, I'll get up early. I'll call them in the morning. I get up, it says 9 a.m., and then I'm thinking, okay, wait, that's 9 a.m. Pacific. So I'm in the central time zone, so that's 11 a.m. my time. So I'm waiting. Clock says 11.02. Pick up the phone, call them. Want to be one of the first ones. They tell me I'll be on hold. Bullshit, somebody comes on real quick. And I'm telling them, like, hey, my console worked fine until this fucking game came out, and now there's this issue. What is going on? And he's like, yeah, unfortunately... We still have to charge you. He's like, I would love to pay. I would love to get your console fixed for free, but I can't. We still have to charge it. I'm like, this is bullshit. I was like, this motherfucker in the Reddit thread said to do this and da, da da da. But every case is different. So he's like, have you done the reinstall PS5 system software? I'm like, no. He's like, usually if you do that, that'll correct any issues. I'm like, all right. 
So I'm looking for, he's like, you need a USB drive with at least four gigs. Now, I don't really use them anymore. So I had to go digging. I found two of them. One was like 200 megs. The other was eight gigs. So I was like, cool. I downloaded. I'm doing this from a Mac first. You have to name the folders exactly. PS5 and then in the PS5 folder, you have to make another folder in all caps, update. And then you have to put the update file in there. I did all that. Turn on my PlayStation. I put the drive in, turn on the PlayStation, boot it in safe mode, go to number seven to try to reinstall the system software. Guess what? It didn't recognize it. it recognize it. I'm like, this is bullshit. So then I was like, okay, we'll do it from a desktop, a Windows PC. Go to a Windows PC, same thing. Reformat the drive, of course, because it's been in a Mac. Reformat it to the, to the, you know, the format that it needs to be in, which I did it from the Mac as well, but I'm just like, let's do this. Okay. Same thing doesn't fucking work. So I am fucking livid at this point. Now, this goes back to the point where the guy says, uh, failed to download the software update from the USB drive. He had it on his drive as well, just like I had it on mine, and it didn't work. So I called Sony again. I'm like, hey, I, you know, I was like, what do you do when it doesn't recognize the update file? And they're like, well, what's going on? And I tell her, and she's like, hmm. And she's like, it's not up, it's not recognizing the update file. I'm like, no, I've tried it from a Mac and I've tried it from a PC. Still no luck. This is ridiculous. So the girl online, she was really, really cool. And the guy that I spoke to earlier was really, really cool. They were both awesome. So she's like, we'll do this. She's like, do you have any games on there? I was like, yeah. So she's like, load one up. Let's see what happens. I was like, generally, once you get to the start screen and start the game, it crashes. She's like, okay, let's see what happens this time. So I load Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Going through it, um, you know how the, the rift opens and you hit the, the circle to pull you through it. I go through one. I was like, this is interesting. And number one, the fact that I was even, even, even able to run a bit without it closing or shutting down was interesting. So then I was like, this is crazy because it never goes this far into the game. So she's like, okay. So then another rift pops up. I hit the circle button to go through it and the game freezes. I was like, okay, it froze. So this is where it's going to go back to the home menu or it's going gonna, it's gonna to give me the error screen. And we're sitting there. She's like, what's the error code? I was like, it just froze. It won't do anything. She's like, that's interesting. I was like, she's like, so you can't do anything? I was like, well, I hit the home button and the menu came up. She's like, okay. So I go back to the home screen. She's like, do you have any other games on there? I was like, yeah, Deathloop is on here. She's like, try that one. So before I could go to Deathloop to open it up, the error screen comes up. And I was like, now here's the error screen. She's like, okay, read me that code. I'm like, okay. So I read her the code. And she's like, okay, that's interesting. Um, let me pull up my email because I'm going to read you guys the code. Give me just a second. Let's see. Probably should have had the email pulled up, but it's okay. Um, okay, so it has my case number and my model number. I have model CFI-1015, A as in alpha, zero, 01, but it doesn't say the, the issue, the code uh, number or anything like that. So anyway, 
I read her the code and she was like, okay. And she was like, here's what I'm going to do for you. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I'm going to go ahead and send you a box for repair. Now, the guy earlier told me the same thing. He's like, it's out of warranty. He's like, try to reinstall the system software. If it doesn't work, click this. I'm going to send you another email. Click the link. We'll send you a box. He's like, the only caveat is when they get it in for repair, they're going to see that it's out of warranty. So they'll repair it, but you're not going to get it back until it's paid. Or they're going to call you and ask you for payment before they even start the repair. So when she starts talking about the box, I'm like, yeah, the guy told me that. And I'm sorry, I just don't have 230 bucks to drop on a repair right now. She's like, no, no, stop right there, Derek. Here's what's going to happen. She's like, the code you just gave me, we still don't know what the issue is and why it's causing that error. So she's like, this is something that's more on our end than yours. And even if it was still in warranty, it's something we haven't figured out. So she goes in to tell me, I'm going to finish reading from what the guy put on Reddit. They're sending out a box to me right now. And the customer service representative explained that it will be completely free of charge. Thank you, Sony, for not making me pay $250 to repair a 14-month-old console. In my case, it would have been 230 Note, the damage was a result of a software issue and out of my control. If you have physically damaged your PS5, dropped it, spilled water on it, they will not cover the repair. So then I'm like, I'm like, I'm telling you there was nothing wrong with this thing until that game launched and this, that, and the third. She's like, oh yeah. She's like, I just have to tell you this. If you've dropped your console or there's liquid damage, then they will not cover the repair. But the error code you read me is something that is not your issue. Then I refer back to this, same thing. The guy says, I bought the PS5 from PlayStation Direct. Doubt it changes anything, but just letting you know, proof of original purchase is required. I just used the email confirmation I got. Proof of purchase is required. I got mine via Amazon pre-order. Uh, a friend of mine taught me this trick a long time ago. Just buy up a bunch of Amazon gift cards, add them to your Amazon account, and you can cover the balance of anything with that. So that's what I did. That's how I got my PS5. He taught me this right when the PS4 and the Xbox One were about to launch. I was like, okay, well, now I know how to finagle the system. So she's like, can you, do you have proof of purchase? I'm like, I got it from Amazon. So yeah, she's like, okay, what's your serial number? Go through all that. She's like, print out, <laughs> excuse me, proof of purchase from Amazon. Put that in the box. We're going to ship it to you. It takes three or five business days for you to get the, the box. There'll be a prepaid shipping label. All that stuff, you send it back to us. She said, if we cannot repair it, we will send you back a certified repaired unit. And that was my question. I'm like, is it going to take a while? Because I know with the ship shortage, this is something we're running into. She's like, they're going to send you, if, if they can't fix this unit specifically, they will exchange it for one that's already been repaired. That's a lot better than paying Sony $230. Now, that's where I am in the Midwest in St. Louis, Missouri. I don't know where this user is that it's $250, but they said $250. So, needless to say, number one, I'm happy that this nightmare is pretty much over. That's awesome. <coughs> Excuse me. Number two, um, if you guys are running into any issue where the games are crashing, if you're, make sure, check, use your serial number, go on the PlayStation website, check it first, you might still be in warranty. If you are not out of warranty and you're still having issues, give them a call, give them the error, write down the error code, give them a call, tell them you're getting this error and they're going to do their best to help you out. Um, I have to thank Sony for this because I was in a bit of a pickle 
And again, it was literally like the SpongeBob meme where Squidward's up, upstairs and Patrick and SpongeBob are downstairs running through the streets having the time of their lives. And that's what it's like. Again, my PS4 Pro is in phenomenal condition. Everything still runs great. Yeah, I'm playing Sifu on it. Yeah, I'm playing Horizon Forbidden West on it. But you want to play them on the PlayStation 5 where you're going to get the best version of the game. And playing it on the PS4 Pro, yeah, I kind of felt like fucking Squidward watching uh, Patrick and SpongeBob have the time of their lives. You know, everybody else playing on their PS5 and I'm playing on my PS4. Because even, like I said, bring up Ice again. He was like, oh, so they have an icon next to your name on PlayStation Online. There's an icon of the PlayStation 5 and an icon of the PlayStation 4. So he's like, we're going to know who the real brokies are and this, that, and the third. I'm just like, this is fucking nuts. And it's like, that's not fair, Ice. Everybody didn't have four to 500 bucks to drop on the console. I certainly didn't. I have to, had to use Amazon gift cards over time and stuff like that. Because it's right by the holidays, too. Remember, you have Christmas gifts to buy from people or Hanukkah gifts and stuff like that or Kwanzaa, whatever it is that you celebrate. Um, and also, we were in the middle of a pandemic. A lot of people lost their freaking jobs. So these things happen, right? So, but every time, like, I'm like, yeah, let me go ahead and play Sifu on my PS4 Pro. Let me play Horizon Forbidden West on my PS4 Pro. And then somebody's online like, oh, Derek's online. And why is he on his PS4? Ew, what a brokey. So, but if you're still playing on a PS4 Pro, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you have the money and just can't get your hands on a PlayStation 5. I certainly can sympathize with you. Um, but yeah, if you're having an issue with your PlayStation 5 and it seems to be one where the games are crashing, write down that code and contact Sony because this could be something that's not your fault at all. If you dropped it, though, and got water on or anything like that, you're on your own. They told me that, and they told this guy the same thing. But shout out to Sony because I really, really appreciate it because I was really, really pissed off. But we're going to go ahead and get into the gaming news. We're almost a full, uh, almost 20 minutes into the show, so let's go ahead and get into it. Street Fighter VI has been officially announced. This comes from IGN.com. That was the Capcom countdown that we were all watching so closely last week. Well, some of us... After six years and two updates, Capcom is finally moving on from Street Fighter V and has officially announced Street Fighter VI. As teased through a countdown website, Capcom has officially announced Street Fighter VI following the end of the Capcom Pro Tour fighting game exhibition, which made sense. If anybody's watching the clock and you know Pro Tour is going on, this made sense, right? This made sense. The countdown was supposed to end at 9 p.m. Pacific time but remained locked until the end of the stream. Capcom says more info for Street Fighter VI is coming this summer. We gotta wait. The short teaser revealed the beefed-up Ryu as he faces Luke, the 45th and final character for Street Fighter V, who was teased to be in the sequel. The announcement for Street Fighter VI also coincided with the 35th anniversary of the franchise. Capcom also announced the Capcom Fighting Collection, an anthology of 10 classic titles, including the full Darkstalker series. The Capcom Fighting Collection will be released on June 24, 2022 for PS4, Nintendo Switch, Steam, and Xbox One. That sucks that it's not going to be on the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S, but you would have the digital version so you can play it on there. You just won't get the greatest version. I would assume at some point they're going to have to give us the next-gen version. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. But even if you're playing it on Steam via, uh, on your PC via Steam, I guess you're going to get the same version that the rest of us are getting. But you can alter your settings and things like that on a PC. Uh, it's also coming to the Nintendo, Nintendo, uh, Nintendo Switch. I can't say that's surprising, but I don't know. We'll see how this works out. 
Uh, the next game in Capcom's marquee fighting game series will follow one of the most turbulent entries in the Street Fighter series. The initial response to Street Fighter V was tepid, though subsequent updates like Street Fighter V Arcade Edition and Street Fighter V Champion Edition were better received. Development on Street Fighter VI was partially leaked during Capcom's massive data breach alongside other games like Drag Dragon's Dogma 2. Street Fighter VI will be developed without the involvement of longtime Street Fighter producer Yoshinori Ono, who left Capcom, Capcom last year after almost 30 years with the company, which really sucks. Ono's a genius. Um, me and all my friends, we spent our childhood playing Street Fighter. Um, I worked for Charter Spectrum here a few years back before I worked for Apple. Uh, and I, I worked for Verizon, Apple, Spectrum, so I've worked at like five, Fortune 500 companies and stuff like that. Spectrum had the awesomest break room. Full, like two full pool, pool tables, big ass, like the TV had to be every bit of 65 inches. Had an, And then this is in 2014, so they had an Xbox One in there. You can come in, sign in your profile, play games. Um, they also had arcade cabinets, and we went in there, I was like, Bro, I was like, like my training class, I'm like, dude, they've got Street Fighter 2 in there. They're like, what? I was like, they have a Street Fighter 2 cabinet in, in the fucking break room. And like, no way. I was like, well, I know what I'm doing on lunch. And we went in there and played Street Fighter. And then sometimes if I got in there and the cabinet, somebody was on it, then I would just sign into the Xbox and play Madden or something like that. It was really, really cool. But Street Fighter 2 is one of those legendary games. Um... People hardly talk about the original Street Fighter because Street Fighter 2 really put the series on the map. Um, anybody that plays fighting games, you more than likely grew up playing that game. And it's really cool to see that Street Fighter 6 is coming. Um, I don't know. We'll see what the reception is. As I said on last week's episode, yeah, I 100% want Akuma to be a part of the lineup when the game launches. You should not have to pay for DLC to get Akuma. I'm sorry. That just makes no sense. To anybody, like, that's, like, you're not going to put Ken or Ryu through a pay, behind a paywall. You're not going to put Blanca behind a paywall, etc., etc. Akuma is that much a part of Street Fighter lore and legend now that he needs to be one of the base characters when you fucking either take the shrink wrap off your, uh, your copy of the disc or when you buy the digital copy from whatever store. Akuma needs to be included day one. Should not be DLC. That's all I'm going to say. Moving on to our next story, coming from GameSpot.com. Um, also, reminder to you guys, Destiny 2 The Witch Queen is available, night, uh, available now. Take back the light. If you guys are Destiny fans, you should be playing that right now or checking that out. But anyway, from GameSpot, it says, Horizon Forbidden West has God of War Easter eggs. Ooh. If you know where to look, you can find three totems that unlock a special Kratos-like face paint, which is awesome. Horizon Forbidden West is the latest from Sony's internal studios, and as you might expect, it includes a few shout-outs to other PlayStation franchises. One such homage is a quest to find a series of God of War Easter eggs with the ultimate reward of a Kratos-inspired look for Aloy. Scattered around the world, you can find a ton of collectibles, including three special totems. Those resemble Kratos, the Dwarven, Forge Brothers, Brock, and Sindri, and Atreus. Awesome. Respectively, okay, it's technically four totems, but Brock and Sindri are a match set found in the same location. Once you've uh, found all three-ish totems, you'll unlock a new face paint pattern called the Mark of War, which looks awfully familiar. Um, you can consult our in-depth Horizon Forbidden West totems guide for details on where to find them. Uh, these are based on the new God of War series, which is based in Norse mythology. The new continuity, uh, continuity comes sometimes after the old series, though exactly when and how Kratos left for a snowier environment isn't exactly clear. 
The sequel, God of War Ragnarok, is slated for release in 2022. Sony Santa Monica, the studio behind the new God of War, was among the developers who gave Guerrilla a congrats message on launch day for Horizon. Um, for more on this story, you can go to GameSpot.com. I have been playing Forbidden West, as I mentioned earlier, on my PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, I like it so far. I'm not sold on the grappling thing or the, the launch hook, whatever the hell it's called. I like that they included some puzzles. Um, this feels, it's not like Uncharted level puzzles or, any, puzzles or anything like that. So it's really cool they included some things like that. I guess they're trying to make the game a bit more of a challenge instead of a grind, which is okay. Um, still getting used to the grappling thing, though, or the launch hook, whatever it's called. I can't remember what the hell, what the hell it's called. But other than that, I think the game is okay. I, uh, the weapons, the, the you get to uh, update the bow really quick. The story seems pretty cool. Uh, I'm really, really liking it. But then again, I usually like PlayStation Studios first-party titles. Nothing changes here. So, yeah, if you guys aren't playing it, you have a PS4 or a PS5, I think you should check out Horizon Forbidden West. And if you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, you should probably go back and play that one as well. It's probably a lot cheaper right now. I'm not sure. If I check, it's not going to give me a price because I actually already own it. It's just going to tell me to download it. But I don't know. Also, from the good folks over at GameSpot.com, the Halo TV series will show Master Chief's face. Interesting. This is very, very interesting. I'm not one that's big on Halo lore. I did not touch a single Halo game until last gen on the Xbox One. And actually, I got my One X before I played any Halo games. Um, and to be honest with you, hadn't played Gears of War, Forza, any of that stuff. On my 360, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I missed out on a lot of stuff. I generally played sports titles on my Xbox. Madden, college football, NBA Live, NBA 2K, NHL Hockey, FIFA. I played the sports titles. There were a few scattered Xbox games here and there that I played and stuff like that. And some of them were actually multi-platform. Um, I didn't get into the Xbox first-party studio stuff until the Xbox One. I played Gears and immediately loved it. I was like, why the hell did I not play this on the last gen? Uh, I played Forza Horizon, immediately loved it. Um, I did have Project Gotham Racing, stuff like that. I had Grand Theft Auto 4 on my Xbox One. Um, I actually had it on my... P I'm sorry, on my... No, I'm sorry. When it launched initially, I had it on my PS3. Um, I had 4 on my Xbox One. And it pissed me off because I should have bought Grand Theft Auto 4 on the Xbox because you got The Lost in the Dam and The Ballad of Gay Tony. But I'm such a Sony guy, not gonna lie. I'm kind of a Sony pony. Um, it just doesn't feel right playing a Grand Theft Auto game on an Xbox to me. So, you know, I don't know anything about the lore of Master Chief to get back to the story. However, the article goes on to say this year's Halo TV series will make a big change for the franchise and show Master Chief's face. Halo Transmedia boss Kiki Wolfkill confirmed this today to IGN. She explained why it was important to show Master Chief's face, which will be the fact that of actor Pablo Schreiber. Not familiar with him. I think we set out to tell a character story and a personal story, she said, and once we really got into what the story was, it became clear that you really need to see the person in the armor and under the helmet. Um, I actually do have a Master Chief helmet sitting here right to my right as I'm recording this right now. Anyway, Wolfkill made it very clear you will see his face. Wolfkill went on to say that she understands and respects those who do not want to see Master Chief's face, but it was important for the story to finally reveal its face. For some people, it's been a moment 20 years in the making. For other people, it is something that feels very hard to imagine, Wolfkill said. We absolutely respect both sides of that fence, those who really want to see Chief's face and those who really don't. Before the nature of this story, it felt really important to connect with Master Chief in a different way, and that meant showing the face. 
The Halo TV series has its own canon known as the Silver Timeline, so what happens in the show doesn't necessarily impact the games and other media. It is set for release on Paramount Plus on March 24th. The Halo TV series also features Natasha McElhone as Dr. Halsey. Jen Taylor, who voices Cortana in the video game series, will play Cortana on the show as well. Paramount, Paramount Plus I'm sorry, apparently has a lot of faith and excitement for the Halo series as it's already announced Season 2. In other news, Microsoft recently announced that the Halo Infinite set a new record for the biggest launch in franchise history, reaching 20 million players already. Xbox overall is doing great too, having just achieved its biggest year in the 20-year history of Xbox when it comes to revenue. Um, yeah, so I don't know the whole big deal about not showing Chief's face and all that stuff, but I guess this is cool if you're a Master Chief fan. I, I don't know. There seems to be some divide here about whether his face should be shown or whether it's not, and... Clearly, some people feel a certain kind of fucking way about this. Um, again, I just got into the series. I've played a bit of Halo Infinite, not that much. Um, I got, I started it, it came out in December. I don't think I really, I, I played a little bit. I got into it mostly New Year's Eve night. And I literally was playing Halo to ring in the new year. Or maybe I didn't, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't feeling well. I started to get a sore throat, and I thought I fucking had COVID again. I'm not going to lie to you guys. So the safest place was playing fucking video games, to be completely honest with you. So I don't know much of the backstory. I remember asking my friends, like, in a group chat, if I'm going to do this, where should I start? And then one person was like, this game's not necessary. Everybody else was like, you're out of, you're out of your fucking mind. It is necessary. That person's like, no, it's not. And they're like, yeah, the fuck it is. And it was a whole ordeal, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to look this up online and then go from there. So, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I guess there seems to be some divide about whether we need to see Master Chief's face. And I, I don't know. This should be interesting going forward. We'll see what the numbers look like for this show when it does start streaming. Again, remember, that is on Paramount Plus starting in uh, late March. Speaking of March, my next story comes from GameRant.com. PlayStation Now confirms day one game for March 2022. In a surprise move, Sony confirms that PlayStation Now will include a day one release as part of its March 2022 offerings. This is very, very interesting. The PlayStation Now subscription service doesn't get quite as much attention as Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass or Sony's own PlayStation Plus, but PlayStation Now still offers considerable value. Um, excuse me. There are hundreds of games available on PlayStation Now, though the key difference between it and Xbox Game Pass is that PlayStation Now focuses on older games, whereas Game Pass offers day one releases. That will change next month as PlayStation Now will have a day one game on offer. In a surprise announcement, it's been confirmed that Shadow Warrior 3, a brand new first-person shooter game set to launch on March 1st, will be available to PlayStation Now subscribers on day one. This is one of the clearest signs that Sony is preparing to fight back against Xbox Game Pass, perhaps testing the waters with day one games using Shadow Warrior 3. Whether or not this translates into more PlayStation Now subscriptions remains to be seen, but it's still a big move on Sony's part. Um, <clears throat> this is interesting because we've heard of the so-called Game Pass response and that PlayStation Now would be defunct and it would be roped into PlayStation Plus and there would be another tier that offered you basically the same thing that Xbox Game Pass offers you. I guess this is supposed to be it and they're testing out games starting day one. However, Shadow Warrior 3 is not Horizon Forbidden West. It is not God of War Ragnarok. It is not Gran Turismo 7, and it's none of those first-party Sony titles. 
I don't think we're going to see those in there day one for a while. I think the best you're looking at is wait six months and then it'll be there. That's a best case scenario in my opinion. Remember, they're taking a while to put P uh, PlayStation games on PC. God of War came out in 2018 and it hit PC earlier this year. Um, I'm sorry, it took, Horizon came out February of 2017. I think it hit PC last year. Uh, Uncharted 4 came out May of 2016. It's actually, I don't know if it's on Steam yet or not, because the, the Legacy of Thieves collection is available on PlayStation 5 with enhanced graphics and DualSense and, and stuff like that, but... I don't think there's a definite release date for the PC version. So if you think that you're going to get those games day one, don't look. I don't know. They're going to PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now are apparently going to become the same thing. It's just going to be tiered. So I just don't think that you're going to see um, PlayStation Studios, you know, Cornerstone franchise titles go there day day one. I just don't see that happening. And a lot of deals were already in place. So if it was going to happen, it was going to happen by now. It just didn't. Now, speaking of PlayStation Plus, the games for March have been announced. I'm going to go ahead and give those to you right now. For the PlayStation 4, you get Ark Survival Evolved and uh, Team Sonic Racing. Uh, for the PlayStation 5, you get Ghost Runner, and for the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4, you get Ghost of Tsushima Legends, and this is from the PlayStation blog website. The March PlayStation Plus lineup will test your survival, racing, and combat skills in equal measure, prove you got what it takes to survive a deadly island wilderness and arc survival evolved, outpace the competition in Team Sonic Racing, and sharpen your reflex, uh, reflexes in Cyberpunk first-person adventure, Ghost Runner. In addition to those titles, team up and take on some fearsome supernatural foes. And bonus game, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, which joins the lineup this month. All games will be available to download starting Tuesday, March 1st. Uh, you can go to blog.playstation.com to see those games, or you can go to the PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Plus menu on your PS4 or your PS5 to see that information. Um, I don't know. The best one in here would probably be Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Don't know much about uh, Ghost Runner. But, I don't know, maybe I'll check it out. It's free, so why the fuck not? Uh, Team Sonic Racing, I don't know. When it comes to kart racers, there's Mario Kart, and then there's everything else, to be honest with you. Team uh, Crash Team Racing wasn't bad, but it's just Mario Kart set the precedent, and it's hard to beat that, so I don't know. Uh, as far as the games, they are available from March the 1st of 2022 to April the 4th of 2022. Um, PS5 console only benefit not applicable for Ghost Runner on PS4. So if you want Ghost Runner, you have to have a PS5. You cannot redeem that on PS4. Um, monthly games accessible for duration of PS Plus subscription only. So, you know, you have those games downloaded. If your subscription lapses and you go to play them, there's going to be like a lock there. It'll say PS Plus required or something like that. So I don't know. In other news on the PlayStation front... Uh, the next story comes from reddit.com. The first patch for Horizon Forbidden West is available, patch 1.05. The announcement says, Hi everyone, thanks for your patience and support. We have just released the first patch for Horizon Forbidden West. Patch 1.05 fixes a number of issues and crashes that you reported. Here's what's been resolved as well as what the team is currently investigating. Patch notes, known issues. We are currently looking at several issues reported by the community. 
The team is investigating with high priority several graphic issues reported by players regarding uh, regarding shimmering, sharpening, and screen saturation when moving the camera. Some players are experiencing an issue with infinite loading screens when attempting to load into melee pits. Some players are experiencing an issue where Aloy's, Aloy's outfit appears blurry in photo mode. Some players are experiencing an issue in main quest Reach for the Stars where Aloy can't interact with the machine carcass blocking progression. Um, I didn't run into any of those issues. The closest one is probably the machine carcass. It didn't block progression. Um, if anything, I hate to say this because I've always wanted representation for people of color in video games. Uh, Varro, I think is the name of the character that joins you through like the prologue and all that stuff. He gets in the fucking way sometimes. But other than that, I haven't had any issues. I don't know. But again, I'm playing on the PS4 Pro. They don't say if these are common to ps5 users or ps4 uh, users or if they're both so i don't know luckily i haven't experienced any but the patch is downloaded i will tell you that fixes and improvements main quest fix an issue in main quest reach for the stars where reloading a certain auto save after completing the first quest could block progression fix an issue during interlude the eye of the earth where alo could fall out of the world after skipping a cinematic interesting Fix an issue in main quest, Cradle of Echoes, where Varl would wander off on a reload from a save. Fix an issue in main quest, the Sea of Sands, affecting several grapple points. Um, I mentioned I was having some issues with the grapple thing, so it is what it is. I don't know if it's because of the bug, but we'll see when I load it back up. Side quest and errands. Fix an issue in side quest, Blood Choke, where a Tekka would appear to fall out of the sky. That's interesting. I actually wish I could have fucking seen that. The funny thing is, when the game launched... If you went on Twitter, there were people who some like to call Xbox saying, oh, you guys said this game was great. This is fucking trash. Look at this. Da, da, da. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Anyway, um, fix the progression issue when side quests in the fog related to fast travel during the quest. Fix an issue in Aaron Quest Night of Lights where a pullable box gets stuck and block the quest progression. World activities fixed an issue where Relic ruined the Daunt could not be started in certain circumstances. Didn't have any issues with the Dawn. I thought it was interesting where you had to use the environment and use the boxes and the grapple hook to work with the environment. Like I said earlier, kind of got some puzzles like an Uncharted game, but not exactly like an Uncharted game. Uh, fixed an issue in Salvage Contract the Greenswell. Plowhorn and the plants where an optional objective could not be completed if the required item was sent to the player's stash. A rogue tall neck near the stand of Sentinels that would sometimes change the direction of the route has been disciplined. Okay, that's cool. Rogue Tallneck would have liked to have seen that. I don't know. Gameplay fixes. The second chance skill should now work correctly. Fixed an issue where the camera had an unintended position when using certain weapon techniques. Techniques, I'm sorry. General fixes. Uh, image over sharpening and HDR mode has been corrected. Fixed an issue where some settlements would stream in then stream out in a certain, uh, certain circumstances. Fixed an issue where HUD would flicker when the player performs a loot action. Fixed an issue where rapidly opening and closing the map could cause graphical anomalies. Wow. Fixed an issue where Aloy's animation would sometimes jitter rapidly when climbing after picking up a plant has been fixed. That is really specific. Fixed a global issue where the direction of Aloy's gaze or that of certain NPCs was incorrect. Fixed several instances where Aloy, NPCs, or enemies could get stuck in geometry. Fixed an issue where the roads and icons on the map would sometimes appear with a delay. Fixed several streaming issues and unintended loading screens. NPCs that seem to suffer from insomnia and would gather in large groups at night in settlements that should act more naturally now. That's hilarious. Uh, Petra will no longer teleport 
into her seat inside the Chainscape Brewery. It followed immediately after the initial conversation with her. Uh, crash fixes, fish, fixed several crashes, others, various performance improvements, various other minor fixes and cosmetic improvements. Please continue to inform us of any issues via the support form. Um, we appreciate those who have taken time to submit a report already. They're immensely helpful for our teams. Happy hunting. Sign the good folks over at Guerrilla Games. Again, it's a good game, uh, like most other Sony PlayStation first-party games. It's good, though. I like it. Um, I haven't reached the Forbidden West yet. I played periodically Saturday because I had to wait for it to download, but also the fact that it was All-Star Weekend, and I'm an NBA fan. I don't want to talk about the dunk contest. It was a fucking travesty. I don't like the new stuff they introduced in the Taco Bell Skills Challenge situation. That was pretty bad as well. The three-point shootout was the only good thing. They made it All-Star Saturday night. I remember this stuff used to happen during the middle of the day, and the rookie versus sophomore game was part of that as well. Now they do the celebrity game and the rookie game on Friday night, and then you have Saturday night. It's just a big fucking issue the NBA needs to address, and they have to fix it. But again, this is a podcast about gaming, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, in other news, Elden Ring is out, and the review scores are in, and it's looking really, really fucking good. Um, Screen Rant, 10 out of 10. Sector.sk, 10 out of 10. VGC, 10 out of 10. Uh, Aragones, 10 out of 10. CD Action, 10 out of 10. Cultured Vultures, 10 out of 10. Game Informer, 10 out of 10. Destructoid, 10 out of 10. Guardian, 10 out of 10. GameSpot, 10 out of 10. GameMag, 10 out of 10. Gamer.no, 10 out of 10. The Sixth Axis, 10 out of 10. Gaming Age, 10 out of 10. Game Rant, 10 out of 10. Windows Central, 10 out of 10. Daily Star, Digitally Download, Digital Chumps, GamesBeat, WCCF Tech, The Gamer Games Hub, GamePer, IGN, GameSpeed, Twinfinite, GamesRadar Plus, Gaming News, Daily Mirror, God is a Geek, and Gaming Bible, all 10 out of 10 across the board. Elden Ring is being praised as a phenomenal game. I have said that I don't do the Souls franchise. Um, not a God of, uh, not a Game of Thrones fan, so not really a big George R. R. Martin fan either. And I've said, more than likely, I'm not going to play this game. Looking at the review on IGN, this game looks fucking good. I don't know how I allowed myself to be captivated, but I don't know, man. I might be playing this game. IGN.com, Elden Ring Review, put a ring on it. In the 87 hours, this is from Mitchell uh, Saltzman at IGN. In the 87 hours that it took me to beat Elden Ring, I was put through an absolute ringer of emotion, anger as I was beaten down by its toughest challenges, exhilaration when I finally overcame them, and a fair amount of sorrow for the mountains of EXP I lost along the way to some of the toughest boss encounters from software is ever conceived. But more than anything else, I was in a near constant awe from the many absolute draw-dropping vistas, the sheer scope of an absolutely enormous world, the frequently harrowing enemies, and the way in which Elden Ring nearly always rewarded my curiosity with, in, uh, with either an interesting encounter or a valuable reward or something even greater. From Software takes the ball that Legend of Zelda Breath of Wild got rolling and runs with it, creating a fascinating and dense open world about freedom and exploration above all else, while also somehow managing to seamlessly weave on a full-on Dark Souls game uh, into the middle of it. It shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that Elden Ring ended up as one of the most unforgettable gaming experiences I've ever had. To set the stage, all you know from the outset is that you play as a tarnished of no renown blessed by grace and are compelled to make the journey to the lands between and become an Elden Lord. 
what that actually means, how one might go about doing that, and what the deal is with that giant glowing golden tree are all things that you have to discover yourself. Like other FromSoft games, the grand story is hard to fully digest on the first playthrough, especially because there's no in-game journal to refresh you on the events, characters, or unique terms you encounter across dozens of hours. There really should be, but it is a story I nonetheless enjoyed trying to piece together for myself. I look forward to su uh, supplementing that knowledge with the inevitable painstakingly detailed lore videos that emerge from the community later. Ended up being the organic side stories that kept me most enthralled rather than the grand overarching plot that credits Game of Thrones' George R.R. R. Martin as its scenario writer. FromSoft smartly doesn't change much in its approach to these from the Souls games, Bloodborne, or Sekiro, you'll just naturally meet characters as you explore and discover the world and become involved in their problems. There are no exclamation point markers on the map, no waypoints to guide you to them, and these characters don't always flag you down or initially want anything from you. <clears throat> They're just people with their own agendas and goals whose stories are impacted based on your own actions or inactions. That was actually kind of refreshing in an open world as a as vast as this one and always exciting to see a familiar face pop up again later as I was eager to learn about what brought them to this new part of the world and how their journey had progressed. The trade-off, of course, is that without any markers, quest log, or journal, it becomes very easy to forget about certain plot threads and accidentally leave them unresolved by the end. That's a bummer and I've already felt regret as missing out on stories that some of my colleagues have had. But for me, it was worth it, because even after 87 hours, I never once felt the open-world fatigue that usually sets in when my brain gets overloaded by a map of absolutely full of unresolved side quest markers. Besides, any missed quests give me extra incentive to uh, continue on a New Game Plus. Um, this review is pretty long, so I'm not going to go into the whole thing. Um, now, actually reading it, <laughs> probably not going to play this game, just being completely honest. However, this was reviewed on PC. Elden Ring is a massive uh, iteration on what from, from Software began with the Soul series, bringing its relentless, relentlessly challenging combat to an incredible open world that gives us the freedom to choose our own path. It gave it a ten. Mitchell Saltzman gave it a ten. Um, from what I have heard, and from what I've seen, Digital Foundry and other places online. Apparently, the game is not playing very well on PC. Apparently, Mitchell Saltzman had no issues with it or just nothing that he documented. But again, I didn't read the full thing. I will put the link to this review in the episode notes if you're listening on the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network or YouTube. And if you're on Patreon, I'll post the link as well. Um, right now, they're saying the best place to play it. I'm not, I want to be like... Mr. Sony Pony, they're saying the best place to play the game right now is on a PlayStation 5. Um, the Xbox Series X is pretty much comparable, albeit just a little bit, but they say right now it's playing the best on a PlayStation 5 console. So if you're a PlayStation 5 player and you have a PC as well, um, if you haven't already purchased the game and you're thinking about it, you might want to make that purchase on a PlayStation 5. That's all I'm saying. But... Um, I've heard many, many great things, and I was actually looking forward to it until I read this fucking review. I knew that there were no waypoints and stuff like that, but I just don't know how many quests I want to do. Like, I'm the type of person, once I finish the story, I'm, I'm totally okay with that, and I'm content. There are some games where I will go for the Platinum. There are some games where I'll try to get every achievement if I'm playing on the Xbox and for the Platinum on the PlayStation. But... There's a lot of games I just don't care about it. Like, nobody talks about platinuming or getting every achievement on NHL, NBA 2K, Madden, or any of those games. You're li literally playing for the fun of sport, you know, because you're 
you're into sport and stuff like that. Um, looking at it as it's playing on the IGN website in the review, it kind of looks like it. Their art style is just not something I really enjoy. It feels very Bloodborne-ish, and I'm also not a fan of Bloodborne, so I don't know. But I don't know. If you guys are interested, by all means, check out Elden Ring. Everybody seems to love it. Um, it's not a Derek game, I'll tell you that very much. But it is what it is, as they say in the biz. Finally, we've come to the end of the show. But I have one more story, and this is the big one. And you can find this over at blog.playstation.com, and I will post the link here. And then for pictures, I will post them on the Patreon. PlayStation VR 2. We saw the dual sense or the dual controllers or whatever uh, a couple months back, and now we finally know what the headset looks like. Hidaki Nishino, Senior Vice President of Platform Experience over at PlayStation, says, Today I'm uh, especially pleased to reveal the stunning new design for our next-generation VR headset, PlayStation VR 2 together with an updated and final design image of our PlayStation VR 2 Sense controller. That's what it's called. You'll notice that the PSVR 2 has a headset has a similar shape as the PSVR 2 Sense controller, taking on a matching orb look. The circular orb shape represents the 360-degree view that players feel when they enter the virtual reality world, so the shape captures it nicely. This is awesome. Um... The design of the PSVR 2 headset was also inspired by the look of the PS5 family of products. When our design team created the PS5 console, they also had the next generation VR headset in mind, so you notice some similarities in the look and the feel. The PS5 console has flat edges and is meant to be displayed on a flat surface, while there was more emphasis on adding roundness to the design of the PSVR 2 headset, since it's meant to have a constant human contact, similar to the rounded edges of the DualSense controller and Pulse 3D headset. Our goal is to create a headset that will not only become an attractive part of your living room decor, but will also keep you immersed in your game world to the point where you almost forget you are facing using a headset or controller. That's why we paid very close attention to the ergonomics of the headset and conducted extensive testing to ensure a comfortable feel for a variety of head sizes. We already had a lot of uh, positive feedback on the ergonomics of the first PSVR headset by carefully balancing the headset weight and having a simple headband that can be adjustable. So we kept the same concept for the PSVR 2 headset. Other features such as the headset's adjustable scope that places the scope area closer or further away from the face and placement of the stereo headphone jack also remain the same, so players will be familiar with that. And it does look pretty close. For the PSVR 2 headset, we took a few comfort uh, we took comfort a few steps further by adding new features such as lens adjustment dials so users have an op additional option to match the lens distance between their eyes to optimize their view, which is awesome, especially if you wear glasses. You can wear your glasses with the headset on. We also created a slimmer design with a slight weight reduction, even with the new added features such as the new built-in motor for the headset feedback. It was quite a challenge to create a slimmer design with new features added to improve upon our first headset, but our design and engineering teams proved this could be possible when we saw the final design. Additionally, we've integrated a new vent uh, design for the PSVR2 headset that we think users will enjoy. Eugene Morisawa, Senior Art Director at SIE, led the headset design led the headset design of PSVR 2 and explains why this was his absolute uh, favorite part of the design. Eugen says, when I started to work on the design for the PlayStation VR 2 headset, one of the areas I wanted to focus on first was the idea of creating a vent in the back of the headset to let air out, similar to the vents in the PS5 console that allows airflow. Our engineers came up with this idea as a good way to allow ventilation and avoid having the lens fog up while players are immersed in their VR games, which has happened before with me on the first PSVR. I worked on many design concepts to achieve this. In the final design, you can see there's a little space in between the top 
and front uh, surface of the scope that contains the integrated ventilation. I'm really proud of how this turned out and the positive feedback I've gotten so far. I hope our PlayStation fans will also agree and I can't wait for them to try it out. Another treat we wanted to share, similar to the thousands of tiny PlayStation symbols we added to the design of the PS5 console and DualSense controller, which is really cool. We also included play, uh, tiny PlayStation symbols to the front and back bands of the PSVR uh, 2 headset to add a comfortable feel for players to enjoy. When PSVR 2 launches, it'll take a giant leap forward in the way we play games in virtual reality. There are plenty of exciting new features to look forward to in the PSVR 2 system, including stunning visual fidelity and 4K HDR and state-of-the-art graphical rendering enhanced tracking such as inside-out camera tracking. New PlayStation VR 2 Sense technology features such as headset feedback and the new intuitive PSVR 2 Sense controller that creates an incredibly deep feeling of immersion. Additionally, the PSVR 2 system comes in a simple, single-cord setup so you connect, can connect to your games immediately. PSVR 2 de development kits are already in the hands of game creators, and we are excited for what they'll come up with to truly make virtual reality a remarkable experience for gamers. We look forward to sharing more details with you about PSVR 2. Stay tuned. Um... Think about this. They said that PSVR, that the PlayStation 4 Pro only existed because the VR looked terrible on the launch PlayStation. Um, I wouldn't know because the Pro was out and then I got my PSVR, I think like two or three weeks before Christmas, the year that they both came out. Um, I know the new inside out camera tracking is going to alleviate the issues of motion sickness, which is one of was pretty much my biggest issue with the PSVR. So I'm happy about that. I would expect the price to be five hundred dollars or four hundred. Yeah, I actually the PSVR one was four hundred bucks if I remember correctly. Um The experience, looking forward to it. Don't know if I'm actually gonna have the money to purchase the thing, so we will see. However, I am looking forward to the experience. Um, I like what the team has done. The headset looks great. It doesn't look that far off from the first one. The only thing is you don't see any hints of blue. I'm imagining when you start it up, you'll see the blue lights or somewhere on the headset. I do love that it's single cord. Um, looks like there's not going to be a breakout box like last time, which a lot of people had an issue with because you had to go from the HDI cable... HDMI cable from the TV to the breakout box and then another cable from the breakout box to the console itself and then you had to plug the headset in and just oh my god um I don't know I don't know I would have to see an incredible VR experience for me to be like okay I'm sold I want to do this again for me being able to play a full game of Call of Duty in this would be interesting. But it's a first-person shooter, so it's going to make me have motion sickness anyway. Adding the headset on that wouldn't be best. But I tell you what, if you could play Madden or 2K or NHL hockey in this or FIFA, that would be interesting. But if they added a first-person mode, again, more than likely going to give me motion sickness. So I don't know. I'm really, really divided on this thing. However, I will say the physical unit itself looks absolutely stunning. I think the team over at PlayStation did a great job. Um, the fact that we're seeing this now and it's February leads me to believe this is probably coming holiday 2022. Just saying. this I would not be surprised if this comes out this November. Um, it's... 
it, it just makes all the sense in the world. If they're showing this to us right now, it looks like we're going to see it sometime this year. It just makes all the sense in the world, to be completely honest with you. And if we don't and they push it to early 2023, no big deal. But if they're showing you the hardware, that usually means it's coming within the year. When we saw the PlayStation 4 hardware, came later that year. When we saw the Xbox One hardware, came later that year. The Series X, we saw December 2019, and we didn't get it till November of 2020, but almost within the year. Um, the PlayStation 4 Pro saw it, got it two months later. I just feel like this is coming November of this year. This feels like a holiday 2022 release, so I don't know. Um, but I will post pictures of the headset as well um, to the Patreon, and I will put a link to this particular article in the episode details as well for you guys listening on the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network and on YouTube so you can check it out yourself. Anyway, for me, that's all the time I got today. Tell your friends and family again, subscribe patreon.com slash the Derek Lamont Experience. You can also listen on the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network. As always, my name is Derek Lamont Jackson. I encourage you all to believe in yourself first and foremost because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. That's all my time to get today. You guys stay cool. Peace out.